Hi everyone, welcome to the Heads or Tails podcast hosted by myself, Matt McClory. Welcome to another episode of Heads or Tails. This is a special one. I'm excited about having Pastor Brad Jones on the podcast. I'm going to do an interview with him and uh, Brad's a great friend. Uh, We got to know each other from my time in Atlanta when Jill and I lived there and we got to be in their world and if you've been around the passion movement, you know that it's pretty exceptional church and a pretty exceptional organization. Um, they're great leaders and Brad is one of those great leaders. He, he and I, we talk about high capacity leadership in this episode. We talk about how to stay inspired as a leader. And so I think you're going to love it. So buckle up, enjoy. Well, I'm really excited today to have my one of my best friends, uh, none other than Pastor Brad Jones from Passion City Church. Brad, thank you for coming on my podcast. Man, today. so honored to make season two. Yes, of season heads two. or tails. It's not season three, season two. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I am grateful so much for your leadership. I've been able to witness it um, for years now. And one of the things I love about you, Brad, is you, you're a great leader, but you're also under great leaders. And that's tricky. That's a tricky place to be. It's, a, it's, it's unique. Uh, I've seen it done poorly, <laughs> but also I see you do it really well. So I'm excited to talk to you about leadership today. So um, thank you for, for agreeing to do this, um, even though you didn't know about it. And, um, <laughs> but hey, listen, let me just ask you one broad question. When did you realize... At what age maybe or what season in life did you realize that you were kind of cut out for leadership? I'm interested to know. When when, when did you feel like that was sort of ahead for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's different spots along the journey on this negative side. Maybe it's been too often that I like to be in charge. So I feel like maybe, I don't know if everybody, you know, leaders, I think, um, are best defined by people that want to follow them. So that's what a good leader is. But sometimes maybe in a negative sense, I would push my way to the front and be like, hey, I'm taking charge here. But I can remember, honestly, all the way back to being on my sports teams or in my friend groups. I If the people aren't going to step up and lead, I'm naturally feeling a little awkward. Like, hey, if nobody else is going to take us somewhere or call a shot, then I'll step up. Mm. Hopefully, I'm a guy that doesn't have to, that I'm okay also being a follower. But I can go back all the way to, like, middle school and see me being uh, interested in, in, in stepping out in front of people and trying to get a group of people going in a certain direction. Yeah, I, I can see that in your personality uh, that one, one of my first uh, experiences, probably my first experiencing see, seeing you lead was um, before, I, before we even moved to America, we came to Passion and it was in the green room and I remember just being like, blown away that I was even in the room you know I'm just like why did why did they invite me in here and Jill and I are in there and it's just kind of like we're you know we're sort of wide-eyed like looking at everything and just being like this is cool it's really cool to be in here but then I just watched the way that you gathered people you hosted everyone and then the intentionality behind it all and then also you introduced us to everyone 
and I was just like, I felt like I felt really, really good. Like I, I've, I've shared this story as well in leadership talks about how that happened and, and just how it, uh, you know, it was really, really impactful. So yeah, I think you have that natural tendency to, to want to lead and you've been able to, to, you know, come to a place where it, it just, it's like, it's just like, it's what you're meant to do. You're, you know, your whole life, you know, hosting people, loving on people, making sure people feel special, making sure, you know, but it's leadership. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. So, okay. So you're saying middle school, middle school is probably where, where you start. I'm always interested to know when people, you know, cause well, there's people in two different camps. There's usually like the leadership camp, like I was born to lead and then the leadership camp are maybe people, you know, grow in lead, you know, or grow up in leadership. You yeah. I think it's probably, you know, I do think for all of us, anybody that's wanting to lead people, you got to be willing to be in uncomfortable situations. Yep. Um, it can't be all about being liked, you know, because yep. leaders aren't always liked because that means typically somebody is trying, you're trying to move people somewhere and people don't often want to move. Um, and leadership, you know, can be lonely. And um, I might have just, you know, I think for me, we also, I, I think I, for me, it's what you're saying. I kind of come more in tune with how God has gifted me because mm. not every leader is the same. And my leadership is different than even Louis' leadership or your leadership. But doesn't mean like people like there's a, there's not just one set of skills for leaders. It's trying to figure out how God's wired you and using that to mobilize people in a direction. And That's there's awesome. a bunch of different ways to do that. And for me, I've realized that one of the ways God's gifted me, and I can't take credit for it, is I'm got a pretty good memory. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty intuitive in what go, is going on in people's lives and what people are feeling in the room. And so I try to use that gifting to steer people in a direction. So that's maybe how I see some of my leadership, whether it be in small settings or large settings, seeing what's happening in the room and in people's lives and in people, and then trying to move them in a certain direction. It's awesome. Love that. There's a lot, of, there's a lot in that. That's, that's great. I want to, I wanted to ask you, um, so you got your start, um, you know, earlier, you know, you basically got into like an internship sort of capacity and then you joined on the tour, the world tour. And that's kind of where you forged that, that early relationship, uh, working for Louie. And, um, you know, that's just a, such a cool story. I'd love for you to sort of share a little bit about that. But the question behind it is this, is what would you say to someone who's young, who's maybe coming through college, um, looking, looking at the future, looking at their twenties, kind of like where you were, um, and what advice would you give them about how they, how to get started if they feel like they want to do something great in leadership, church or otherwise? Um, what advice would you give them, you know, maybe even drawing from your journey, getting started? Yeah, I'd love to share about that. I, one, serve faithfully comes to my mind and uh, really cultivate the ground God has placed you in. And I think for me, you know, my journey to passion and working for Louie and all that I'm getting to do, it wasn't a strategic plan. Mm. And God's not, you know, the godly ambition is a, is a good thing. But, yeah. So God's not against strategy and intentionality, but most of the time we're all, if we're not careful, just trying to angle to climb up a ladder. Yeah. And for me, I was, a, I was working in a camp ministry um, right out of college. I took, I felt God leading me away from that and he opened a door to be a 
youth pastor to a small church that no one's ever heard of in Texas, and uh, I love that church, and God used it to shape me, and God used the pastors of that church to really mold me in who I am, but it, on, the, on the ladder of ministry, it kind of looked like a step down from the camp director that I was to a youth pastor, and I wasn't even sure if I wanted to be a youth pastor, but then it was from that spot, one, I really sensed God call, like calling me to be a pastor. Okay. It was more in the anonymity of serving faithfully these these students, their parents, this church. And then from there, God used some random circumstances to put me back in touch with Louie and Passion, and they invited me out. But, I'd, you know, Maddie, I fulfilled my commitment. That would be the other thing I would say. Be faithful. Yep. Fulfill your commitments. So I had given this church a, a, a two-year commitment. I'd been there by three. So even when it was time to go to Passion on paper, it's like no-brainer. Yeah. But it wouldn't have made – I don't think it would have been blessed if I would have not been fulfilling my commitment. Um, and then even that helps me now because even though I'm at a well-known or whatever word you want to put on our church, mega famous, <laughs> you know, like influential, yeah. like I don't like any of those words, but for me, it's like, we're still a local church yep. that's serving people towards knowing Jesus and following him. And it's not our church, it's Jesus's church. And so it's, it's helped me sustain even that calling of Hey, I'm not trying to climb some ladder. Yeah. I'm not just trying to um, be at the cool spots or the well-known spots. Like I just want to serve faithfully where God's put me. Yeah. And I feel like God's given me the grace to do that, and it's been very fulfilling. Yeah, I love that, and I love the way that you guys, as a team, you know that there's a posture of humility that that I that I always sense whenever I'm around you and Louie and and the team. There's this posture of like, at the end of the day, this is what we're about. We're about Jesus, and we're about helping people get to Jesus. And I think that's just that's really cool. It's very good advice. I think serving faithfully, honoring your commitment. Okay, so that's how you started. That's how you got it. Kind of got it going. I want to shift to the other end of the spectrum now with this, with this question. You're around high capacity leaders a lot you're around i would argue some of the best leaders in the world i've i've been blessed to to be around some of them as well you get to really be in their worlds um, whether it's the conferences or people coming through church or whatever what are some common things i don't know just just even you you know spitball some some of those things some some of the things you've experienced or you've seen some of these high capacity what what sets them apart like what what are you what have you noticed being in some of their worlds some of these you know great church leaders or great business leaders you get to be around like what separates them what are some distinctives for you that you notice about high capacity leaders yeah well i mean i can definitely speak um the most about what it's been like to work underneath Pastor Louie and Shelley. I mean, they've been with them for like 15 years now. It's awesome. And uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, we, I could talk for a long time about it, their generosity, their humility, but I think it's the sacrifice. Hmm. You know, most, and, I, and I'm learning that more and more. We all want to do great things, but we're not always willing to pay the price to accomplish those great things. And nothing significant and lasting comes without great sacrifice. Wow. Uh, there's no lotto tickets into long lasting, you know, <laughs> significant impact for the kingdom. It's sacrifice. It's pouring yourself out. It's uh, being managing disappointment and being misunderstood, but trying to stay faithful no matter what opinions come, you know, cause people always have opinions of leaders 
Mm. But it's easy to judge leadership when you're not leading. But even for me, the more uh, I've, you know, seen people take shots at maybe my leadership, I just kind of sometimes wait until they start leading and then they'll get a glimpse of like how hard. I mean, leadership is hard. Yeah. Leading things and leading people and especially leading in the church context. I know not everybody listening are church leaders, but leading people is hard. And I think we're always going to need to be sacrificial servants if we want to accomplish great things um, and work really, really hard. Yeah. And no, not everybody's going to re- notice or recognize or even applaud our hard work. Yeah. But if we're doing it for the applause, then we're not going to be really satisfied in our soul. Hey, Pastor Matt here. I am the lead pastor alongside my wife uh, here at Colonial Church in sunny St. Augustine, Florida. We're a church that loves God, loves people, and loves life, which means we love you. And we love to stay connected with you. Um, And one of the best ways to do that is keep up with our weekly content and messages that are posted on our YouTube page. Um, They're posted there every single week. We pray they help you. Or you can also click the links in the description below. I recall often something that Shelley said to me um, or to Jill and I when we were talking about planning Colonial Church. This was way before we did it. And we shared with them at breakfast. We said, look, we think we're going to do this. Um, we don't know for sure, but we think we're going to do this. And, and she just remarked, and it was so such a simple thing she said, but it just had a powerful impact on me. She said, if you do this, it will be the hardest thing you've ever done, but it will be the best thing you've ever done which confirms exactly what you said about the cost. Um, And I totally agree. I think, you know, um, there's so many things we do sometimes and it's just like you get home at the end of the day, you gave it everything to put on this conference or to put on this thing, you know, like even stuff, you know, on a Sunday level here at church and you get home and you just like, you know, you really, you you paid for it. And, um, but that's sacrifice. And I think, you know, you count it all joy at the end of the day. And I think that's really... I think that's a really good observation that high capacity leaders they cannot get away from sacrifice and I'm gonna steal that lotto that lotto quote. That's uh, that's a lottery ticket. That's that's a I good might one. need to listen back and figure out what I just said. But you had me just <laughs> preach three times and I, I'll say this. I mean, you know, we say in our movement a lot, uh, movement that glory belongs to God, honor to people. And I know people listening from all over the place, you know, my they they would know you or know of you, but they don't know you. And you and Jill are some of the um, highest capacity, most genuine, um, I think deep when I think of you and Jill, but in terms of leadership. And Colonial Church is amazing. I mean, we just walked out of church, and it was vibrant. It was like the atmosphere was special. The community is rich and deep. And you're in St. Augustine, Florida. And you could be in any major city in the world and have thousands upon thousands, but you realize, like, this is where God's called you, and this is where you want to pour your life out. And it's the most inspiring thing to see a great leader running in their lane that could be in all other— you could run in a bunch of lanes. Mm. And I, so it's always why I love being around here. I leave better. And I, I honestly, I just leave inspired. Like, I want to be where God wants me to be instead of where people think I should be awesome well i appreciate that a lot it means 
the world coming from from you and and we love you and Brittany so much and okay I got the last question for you and this is a question that I felt like the Lord gave me a long time ago because I was sort of struggling with how I approach other pastors other leaders that are doing kind of what I do and talking to them because you know sometimes you get into that sphere of like you or you tell me what you're doing at church and I'll tell you what I'm doing it just becomes this game of like it doesn't really matter because what you're doing is what you're doing what I'm doing is what I'm doing and talking about how good or how bad you know doesn't necessarily help it doesn't build our edges but one question I felt like the Lord gave me which is kind of a cool question just to ask leaders in general is like what what is inspiring you right now in this season of life, this time, like if, you, if you're looking at this, you could answer this question. could be a book, could be another church that you're looking at, could be an organization, a strategy. But what, what's, what's getting Brad Jones inspired right now? Where are you looking to for inspiration? Yeah, such a great question. I mean, I, I'm traditionally not the best reader. So I always feel guilty when people are like, hey, leaders are readers, you know. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, for me, I've been recently cultivating a greater habit of, of reading. And I love reading some of the, the saints of old. Okay. Uh, dig into some Howard Hendricks stuff. He was a seminary professor um, at DTS. He's passed away a handful of years now. I, can't, I don't honestly know too much about uh, what year he died and how he died. I just know I find some of his old talks or old books. And I just am blown away every time. I'm always quick to go to Charles Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the non-Christian world, I, I, I mean, I'm, if I ever read anything about Malcolm Gladwell, or I was watching one of his master classes uh, on a plane recently, and the guy just inspires me. And so maybe instead of for me trying to read every book in the world, I'm going to try a few more authors that I'm like, I know I'm going to get some gold out of every single time. That's the and anytime we get to travel, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. um, one of the things about passion is people look at us from afar in the church world and think we've got it all together, right? And that we're the gold standard, and we have we're learning so much. We try to think and act small. We don't try to think and act big because honestly, we might have a lot of people. We might be well known, but we have so much to learn. Mm. And so anytime I get to travel to another city, I'm inspired and get out of my context. I was in London recently. I was inspired to be a better, uh, more winsome church planner because I just was meeting all these people. And I wondered, do these people ever get invited to church? Yeah, You're in a city of, you know, multi-millions and there's not, there's a few great churches there, but not as many as there are in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. And I just was like, it, so traveling inspires me. But then traveling to other churches, like it makes me grateful for the family I'm a part of, but I'm always going somewhere when I, when I go somewhere to learn and I'm watching. I think we learn the most by watching yeah. and not judging or not being critical or not comparing, mm. but like just being like, we can learn from anywhere. I mean, I, back to the, I mean, I've learned so much from some amazing mentors like Louie and Shelley, Greg Mott and the pastoral lane, but like I said, those pastors, when I was at church plant in, in Texas, we had 300 people coming. Mm. But I can look back on the way both of those men were leading and be like, man, I had so much to learn from them. Yeah. So I think it's trying to have that posture of learning all the time, Yeah, trying to be better. It's good. I, I think like y- there's always inspiration around in our world. It's just 
the paying length. attention. Yeah, just just focusing on it yeah. and realizing it. Um, you know, fighting that battle of distraction. You know, which is always there. And um, I think too, uh, I, I, my kids actually uh, have been inspiring me a lot lately. Which has been the yeah. the probably the part of my world that I could easily miss, but there have been some just moments with Charlie, some moments with Jack, you know, Maisie's getting a little bit older, some conversations that have been a bit more challenging, but they've been inspiring me, you know, um, when it comes to my faith and even my own leadership. So, yeah, I'm with you. Sometimes it comes from the most random of places and the most, uh, not necessarily the ones that have the biggest spotlight. Um, but, uh, but no, that's good. Well, bro, can I flip you. the, uh, yeah. just really quick. I know I'm a first time guest <laughs> on this podcast, but I mean, we're sitting in, your office at the church and just had a phenomenal day. Yeah. And you have a, a thriving, growing, healthy, impactful church that God's used you and Jill and an amazing team. Like what what's the for all the men and women that feel called to go out and chart something new from scratch. Hmm. From scratch. Like what would be one of your big takeaways? on like how y'all have been able or God through you, of course, has been able to do this? Uh, my encouragement would be don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, I, I think doing something new, it's, it's always the hardest road. But it's always, if it's God, it's always the best road. Um, what I would say is be patient. Yeah. Don't try to, I see this with church planners that, you know, swim our way and want to kind of ask us questions. And we're getting that a little bit more and more, which is, you know, a huge honor and privilege that people would look to us and be like, how did you do it? Um, but one of the things was, you know, we didn't go faster. We weren't trying to go faster than we could actually really go. Great. And that that helped with the perspective. Um, so I think patience is one thing. Um you know, I've been meditating on Romans 12 verse 3 a lot lately. It's been, it feels like a life verse is where the Apostle Paul basically says, he says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Yep. And I think one of the things that keeps you going in this sphere and going well is when you realize that you're really not that great. <laughs> and I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm just being like... I think it's really good like when you just, you know, because sometimes people can like, you know, get ahead of themselves. And I remember my, still my mom, you know, her voice still echoes in the back of my head sometimes. And I just hear her saying, Matt, don't get too big for your britches. <laughs> and it's true. It's just like, so I just don't want to ever get a big head. Um, and just being patient, focusing on health, that would probably be the things I would say. That's the folklore out there about Bono is uh I think back in the day when they were touring a lot, when he had come home from tour, his wife would make him stay in a hotel for a couple of days so he didn't come back into the house and act like he was Bono. But it was just <laughs> a husband and dad. I'm like, that's a good word right there. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Yeah, and again, I think my kids, you know, that's why our families are so great. You know, I see you be a dad. You're an amazing dad to your kids. You're an incredible husband. I love, I love seeing you in those roles. But I think my kids and my wife keep me humble because your kids they don't care what you do yeah they literally have n they could not care less if tomorrow <laughs> i was not the pastor of our church they just all they want to do is 
whatever they want to do. Yeah. And there's something humbling about that. Something it's grounding, and that's a that's a good place to live. So, so thank you for taking this podcast uh, away from me and then turning it back on myself. Well, I like to be in charge, man. I'm a leader <laughs> all the way back from middle school. If they're I just, like I said, I sometimes take control. There's humble beginnings in West Texas. <laughs> um, hey, bro, love you so much. Thank you for being here today, and um, you're, you're a special human, and I'm um, grateful for it. Much love. Well, thanks for listening today. We pray that this episode encourages you and helps you in your own leadership journey. We'd love for you to subscribe, and why don't you leave us a review. Until next time, much love. <laughs>